Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, I have long subscribed to a theory, and I will tell you up front that I have no numbers or research to prove this, so it's just really a hunch. But over the years, I have witnessed too many top high school athletes go on to college with huge sports expectations only to become disillusioned when they arrive on campus and try out for the team. So instead of having four more years of glorious memories after high school, unfortunately, too many of these dedicated and talented athletes come crashing back to earth. For example, a a recent study revealed that more than 40% of all Division I male college basketball players transfer after their freshman year. Think about that, 40%. Now, I think we can all safely assume that these fellows are transferring because their current situation is not what they expected or hoped for. I mean, obviously, it usually has to do with, with playing time, sometimes a, a change in the coaching staff. But let's face it, transferring colleges is a big, big challenge for any student, and especially for athletes. So what's my point, you ask? Well, if you're a student athlete with hopes and dreams of playing sports in college, you desperately need, along with your parents, of course, to hold up a mirror to yourself and to objectively determine what's the best college program where you can make the team and actually play. Now, just bear this in mind. This is not, repeat, this is not easy to do. And if you make the wrong choice of college, you're looking at the potential real heartbreak when it comes to playing sports at that level. Think, for example, for uh, of big-time Division I football. For every kid who starts in that team, there are literally dozens of others who may dress out in uniform for the home games, but who don't travel with the team on the road. They never get a chance to be on the playing field on Saturdays. And in short, they become anonymous members of the team, which is pretty tough to experience after being a big, high, a big star in high school. Plus, these guys put in countless hours in the weight room, on the practice field, and on the sidelines. That doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me in college, uh, and it probably doesn't sound much fun to most student-athletes as well. And yet, top high school athletes, when they go to college, a lot of them go through this all the time. And deep down, they wonder whether they should have gone to a D2 or a D3 program instead of basically ending up riding the pines in a D1 program. Which brings me to my guest this morning. Mark Lineweaver is a Major League Baseball agent who is also the owner and founder of Perfect Placement, which is a service which provides realistic educational information to parents, student-athletes, and coaches at high schools nationwide. In fact, Mark describes the fundamental elements of the college decision-making process, and especially important 
for student-athletes who are indeed thinking about going on to playing sports in college. Mark, good morning. Good morning, Rick. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, Mike, th- Mark, thank you for being up. I know you're in the West Coast, so I know it's uh, before dawn out there, but I know this is a, a very, very important topic to discuss for uh, so many of uh my listeners who obviously have kids playing sports and hope at some point to go on to play sports, continue their careers in college. Uh, Mark, I think the first thing to start with this is to basically let parents know. Let's talk about the parents for a second here. They have to understand, and we, this is an old phrase, an old cliche, but it's so important. At the collegiate level, it's, it is a business. It's about winning. And, and the college coaches you know, no matter if it's football, basketball, or any sport, they are being evaluated by their athletic director by their one-loss record. And quite frankly, it's not a continuation of high school. It's just a whole different uh, ball of wax. And parents and kids have to understand that even though the coaches may be, you know, a big smile on their face and give you a big warm handshake when they're going through the recruiting process, fact of the matter is things change dramatically once the kid enrolls in that school and goes out to try out for the team. And again, it could be any, any sport, but the fact is parents and kids, ha- as I said a few seconds ago, they have to learn to be objective about just how good they are and how much they project to play in college. If they're paying you to be there, if they're giving you a scholarship, that's a business. And I think you just nailed it. The bottom line to that recruiting process is that it is a business, especially at the Division One level or in the cases at the Division Two level where there is some scholarship money in some places, right. that you have to understand that, yeah, the, hey, come here, hey, this is our campus, hey, this is how I act and I treat you to get you here. Once you are on that campus, it is an entirely different set of circumstances. And the amount of time, in my opinion, that the parent has, that the student athlete has going through until they actually set foot on that campus as a freshman is sometimes years. And to not do the research and actually investigate, is this the right fit for me? Including if you have the option to go to Marist College or to the University of South Carolina, both Division I schools, both entirely different surroundings and experiences. To have the time to do the research and to really invest, is this the right set of, of variables for me to maximize that four-year experience? Could be years. And I don't think parents, and for that matter, the student-athlete, but I put it more on the parent. They really don't take the time and the opportunity to really look into that and say, this will be the right fit for me. And that is the biggest shame, because the exact individual that we collectively are supposed to be protecting and assisting in this process, the student, it, it is being completely ignored. In my opinion, it has become more about the parent and what is in it for them versus the student-athlete, which is who it should be about. Yeah, well, look, I, Mark, you know, uh, the people who have heard my show over the years, they know how important uh, this concept uh, is, uh, and at least from my perspective as well, uh, of all the aspects of, of, of sports parenting these days, when kids first get introduced to sports at the age of five or six and they go through the whole system through uh, growing up through uh, you know travel teams or club teams or high school varsity sports, it's all about getting that kid into the right college, maybe get a scholarship, whatever it might be. And we know, look, if your kid is a, a super blue chip division one can't miss prospect and uh, he's getting all sorts of uh, 
calls and texts and, and letters from coaches saying, please, we'll give you a full scholarship. This show is not so much about you, but for the vast majority of all the other kids who are, gee, I hope the coaches can find me. I'm, I'm hiring some recruiting services to market myself. I, I want to go and see the coaches. I'll go to some showcases. You know, and maybe the coach says, well, you know what? I like you. I think you'd be a nice addition to our our program, uh, but I can't give you a scholarship, but I'll make you a preferred walk-on. And that, <laughs> uh, you know, that's always, to me, a major, major warning sign about these kind of situations. By the way, friends, we're going to take your calls as well, because uh, it's such an important topic. Our toll-free line, of course, is one 337 6666 brought to you by Mohegan Sun, unlimited possibilities await you at Mohegan Sun. Plan your stay at mohegansun.com. Mark, preferred walk-on, I, as I said, that is something where a lot of kids say, well, you know, I'll just go and I'll just, um, you know, I'm, I'm a tough guy and I'll prove myself and, uh, you know, I'm sure I'll make the team. But I'm telling you, that's how, how it works in the real world. When I speak to student-athletes and, and really the parents, and when I speak, I, I really try to make the message more to mom and dad. I open every presentation with the exact same question, and that is, I'll give you option A and option B. Option A is, coach tells you that you can come in, and here's your uniform, and you are on the team. But we're going to let you know up front, you're going to be a practice player. You're never going to see the field as a freshman. You'll see it sparingly as a sophomore. We'll give you a couple of token starts as a junior, and maybe by the time you're a senior, you'll get an opportunity to see the field a little more often. That's option A. Option B is you could come in and you could compete as a freshman. We expect you to start as a sophomore. By the time you're a junior, you're in the lineup, maybe a captain. And by the time you leave here as a senior, you've been part of a ride for four years. You're in the postseason. Maybe you walk out as the all-time something leader. How many kids will take option A? Nobody raises their hand. How many kids will take option B? Every kid raises their hand. The difference is option A, Division One, as you described, the preferred walk-on, you're going to be a practice player. And option B is Division Two or Division Three. And every single kid who I met literally less than five minutes ago just told me that they want to play Division Two and Division Three. So then I ask, who wants to play Division One more? The student or mom and dad? Because right. every one of the kids just told me they want to play D2 and D3. And that's where, in my opinion, we have a problem and we have an epidemic because it has become too much about the parent and what they want, and I put that in quotes, what they want for the kid instead of the student and what they want. The moms and the dads out there are not listening to their children. And those kids are telling you where they want to go. Yeah, I, and at I, the end of the day, that's the issue. I agree. And, and uh, again, with the two options you just went through, Mark, and my guest this morning is Mark Lineweaver, uh, and, and, his, and his, his website uh, is a Perfect Placement, and I just want to remind uh, our listeners, placement spelled in a different way. It's P-L-A-Y-C-E-M-E-N-T, placement, perfectplacement.com. The thing about option one you just mentioned is that you know, you, you, you're sort of optimistic that the kid's going to be a practice player for a few years and maybe get some playing time by the time he's a junior or a senior. I would go beyond that and say, you know, the coach doesn't tell the kids, uh, yes, I'm recruiting you as a, per, as, a, as a preferred walk-on, but you understand that next year I'm recruiting more kids into the program, and you may not even make the team next year because, quite frankly, I might find better players, and I've made no promise to you in terms of any kind of scholarship. Or that coach gets fired. Or he gets or fired. Or that coach moves on to a different program. Yep. And then it's an entirely different set of circumstances. And then something that you really open the program with about the percentage of students that actually go out and they transfer. 
Well, who wants to necessarily transfer? You no. came in, you made your friends, you're in your classes, you're on your campus, you've created this world, this life that, that really is, in my opinion, the hardest social transition you will ever make in your entire life, going from your hometown of 17 years and growing up with a certain set of, of friends and family members and, and, and really, I think, like a comfort and a surrounding that you know to a, a, an island where you literally know no one. And now you're going to have to get up and go somewhere else because of a promise or an expectation that you were going to be a part of something and you lacked the research and going back to the time and the preparation that you have years to go and investigate to say, is this the right fit for me? It can't be about a promise made by someone who is, as you point out, saying it to, in some cases, dozens of other student athletes out there. Yeah, I... You have to do what's best for you, and that you is the student. Not the parent. Uh, agreed. And, uh, well, look, let me, let me take a time out here. We're talking with Mark Lineweaver about the whole decision process that kids, by the time they get to be seniors in high school, they gotta have, they got to become much more objective, and obviously they got to talk to the moms and dads and who might be thinking, as Mark says, about, I love to see you play at Ohio State. Yeah, well, I may go to Ohio State, but I actually want to play in the games. I don't want to be basically just, uh, just fodder for other kids who are going to start on, on Saturdays. All right, let me take a pause of course, our number is one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. When I return after John Minko's update, we'll continue with our conversation. Stay with me. And back here on the Sports Edge, my guest this morning is Mark Lineweaver, who started Perfect Placement, which is a uh, which is designed to help objectively educate high school athletes and their parents about how to make the right choice regarding playing sports in college. And again, uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you're an active sports parent and now you get to the point where your son or daughter is uh, getting to be a junior or senior in high school and they're really thinking, Jed, I'd love to go on and play in college, this is the time to really sort of check out perfectplacement.com and figure out, you know, what, where am I going to land? What, what, what's happening in terms of my recruiting process? Does it make sense to go to a school and just try out as a walk-on or as a preferred walk-on? And as Mark and I just were talking in the first segment, you got to be careful of this because it is a, a really a hardcore business, not just at the, the D1, but also the D2, D3 level. you got to know what you're getting involved in. Otherwise, you're going to have a really – you're in for a lot of disappointments in college sports because, you know, most kids, I feel – for them, playing college sports is not as fulfilling as it was in high school because, quite frankly, if you're in the wrong program and not getting much playing time, it is a real, real nightmare. one 337 6666 Let's uh, get some calls here. Let's go to Anthony up in Middletown, New York. Anthony, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. Mark, uh, pleasure to speak. Mark, you're doing an unbelievable service. I was a product of this exact example um, from eight years old, you know, football and basketball were, were my life in New Jersey. And, you know, I was obviously, you know, the, the, that, that kid, but didn't have the guidance and whatnot. And, Mark, you, you might be interviewing me after this call because I do, by accident, for the last few years, I, I, man, I try to manage these delusional parents in New Jersey that come to me uh, with their kids that they think they're going D1. And the, the same thing happened to me where... You know, I didn't have that guidance and then became, and then came back to a, a Division uh, three school and became, you know, big fish, little pond. But 
my grades suffered because my expectations and my dreams were shattered. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I, again, you're doing an unbelievable service, and I would love to talk to you further about this because I'd love to help you out on, on the East Coast. I don't know if you have any presence, but let me tell you, uh, Rick, it is a problem. These parents think their kid's going to be the, the golf the, the golf kid at Stanford or the quarterback for Ohio State. Anthony, it's it's something that, uh, you know, it's I've talked problem. about uh, for years on the show because parents don't see their, don't recognize the dark side when the kids go off to college. They're not going to end up being a starter. And Anthony, I would suggest the best way to contact uh, Mark is to go to his website at Perfect Placement. That's P-L-A-Y, play uh, C-E-M-E-N-T, perfectplacement.com. I'm sure, I promise I will. I'm and, sure he'd love Mark, to hear from you. You're doing a wonderful job, my friend. Well, thanks, Anthony. And, and one thing I'll say to that, Rick, is, look, the enemy is not the athletic director or the coach, and, and that's another issue we see. They are the, the people in the student-athlete's corner because they are trying to help that student-athlete bridge the gap from high school to college. They're also trying to be honest and realistic to the student and the parent. But we are now in a world where if the parent doesn't hear what they want to hear, it's, well, what's your gripe with my kid? Why do you have an axe to grind? No one is capable of hearing the truth anymore. And if the truth is, look, you're best suited to go play Division Three, which, by the way, and I say this every time I speak, to be the worst Division Three player on the worst Division Three team in the country for any sport is going to be a heck of an accomplishment. So that I'll just play Division Three is another incredibly dangerous and disillusioned point of view. Uh, and, yeah, Mark, as, as you and I have discussed, you know, most parents who are not familiar with college sports assume that, well, D3, that's just like intramurals. It's like an extension from high school. No, it's not. D3 is a quantum leap, as I always say, a quantum leap beyond high school sports, and you're not just going to walk in and be a star. It doesn't work that way. Let's, uh, let's, let me move on to, uh, to Steve and Patchogue, Long Island. Steve, good morning. You're on the fan. Gentlemen, good morning. I, uh, I've spoken to you before, Rick, in the past. I Play baseball at CW Post on uh-huh. Long Island, but uh, there is such a huge disconnect with the parents and the and the athlete or the the prospective athlete. I was a recruiter with scouting report when I lived in Northern California in the late '80s, and the pleasure I got out of this service was sitting with the parents of a of a good athlete, all county, some all state, that realized because they were taught and coached properly that Division One is out of, out of the loop. Reality is Division Two, Division Three, and to sit with peaceful parents was such a pleasure, and that although they weren't the cream of the crop, they did get recruiting letters that exploded to, like, you know, just by their reality and their expectations. I had a younger brother, All-American lacrosse player, full ride to Hofstra, that got burnt out because his Division One expectations got brought down. You know, he went to Hofstra, good, good lacrosse program, but as a freshman All-American one season, he said to me, Stephen, I can't handle this, this 
it's way out of control. It's pressure. So I'm just saying, Mark, you're you're doing a, a service that I was involved with, let's say, 20 years ago, and I have friends that are coaching on the island that want to put their resignations in because of the pressure of the parents, yep. not of the athletic program, but there's a disconnect and. It burns people out. It burns the kids out. And I, I saw well, this happen to a brother. Steve, and I, just, I, don't, I just want to salute you at this time to do what you're doing. I couldn't even, I couldn't handle it. Yeah, Steve, but, th- thank you for the call. And, and again, Marky, this is what we're talking about here. This is the dark side of intercollegiate sports that a lot of, you know, it's always, we all know this unfortunate story where the big local high school athlete uh, goes off with a great fanfare to a college, a D1 program, let's say, and things don't work out. He doesn't make the team, or, or she ends up on the bench and doesn't see uh, the court or the playing field. And then the kid comes back home to the high school a year later, and everybody says, hey, how'd you do your first year? Well, I really, you know, it didn't really work out with sports, and I decided not, I decided to quit, or I wanted to transfer. These are stories that people never want to really sort of uh, confront but it happens all the time, and it's because I feel, and I know you feel the same way, it happens because there's a, there's a miscommunication, there's a misanalysis, uh, if you will, of what the kid expects to do or the parent has expectations for the kid and the reality of playing in college. That example you use is, is one that I also use every time I speak, and it's that when they come home and if it didn't work out, that individual has changed as a human being. Forget about as an athlete. That is a, a student who was someone who had a schedule and a passion and a drive all the way through elementary school, middle school, high school, and now they're off to college. And when you watch that line break and it becomes almost like an EKG and it's all over the place, I, I promise you that individual has changed as a person. And it didn't have to be that way because it still comes back to the preparation. What parents and and even players, what parents and players are not doing in this process is recruiting the coach. And and I say that. I'm serious. They're not recruiting the coach. They are not asking the questions to the coach. They're so excited to be spoken to that they're not taking the time or doing the due diligence to ask questions back. Because inevitably, that college coach is going to become a surrogate parent, a babysitter when they're freshmen. And to find out what is going to be important to them off the field, how they're going to develop their student, their son, their daughter as a person, that that part is just completely ignored because everyone is so worried about playing. The number of student-athletes that actually play from the time they are a freshman to the time they graduate as a senior at the same school for four straight years is 9%. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's remarkable. <laughs> and no one's taking the accountability, the time, to actually ask the questions the other direction. And forget about the sport. How big of a school do I want to go to? How far away from home do I want to be? What type of majors do they have? Minors, extracurriculars. If the kid likes to ski and snowboard, then why are they going to a school in the Midwest where there isn't a mountain for for (laughs) 20 hours? Mark, I tell you, these are just such commonsensical questions, but you know and I know, and our listeners know, is that the, the, the kids are so... So focused on going on, and as you said, it gets some attention paid from them uh, by a college coach, and, and they, the kid goes and visits the, the school and spends most of their time looking at the athletic facility or, or talking to the college coach. 
But again, as all those NCAA uh, ads on TV say, you know, only a small, small percentage of all these college kids are ever going to go pro. And they should be thinking more about, okay, what am I going to do after my sports career does come to an end? And is this a college? Is it urban? Is it rural? Is it, is it small? Is it big? Well, I can see myself being happy here, even if my sports career comes to an end. I mean, these are basic questions, and unfortunately, too many of our kids just don't ask. And the parents, who I guess have stars in their eyes, don't ask as well. And it can, it's just a formula for disaster. And that, that's... That's the problem. Let's let's move on to some more calls here. Let's go to uh, Brian. Brian, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey guys, great topic. Um, I just want to let you know I'm a, I'm a coach down in South Jersey for 14 and 15 year old baseball, and I believe it starts even before they're in high school. This is the problem. We know the parents are the issue. I see it all, every day, but it's starting at eight and nine years old. They're not even waiting to get to high school. The issue is. These training facilities that you go to to train at, you know, it's all a business. They say your kids can do this, your kid can be that. Parents will spend the money, and they're, and they're getting brainwashed. They're getting brainwashed. And the kids today, you know, their work ethic isn't as good as it was 20, 30 years ago. So they feed them these, this information. And it starts at that age, 9, 10 years old. And even in the high schools, what high schools are going to go to? You know, they can go to, you know, get – get a scholarship to a prep school that is, uh, you know, number one in the state for baseball, but they're not going to play. Yeah. I tell these kids, you got to get on the field to showcase yourself. Well, and Brian, they, they, so Brian, let me stop you there because I'm looking at a break here, but I, that, that last point you just made, I think, is essential to kids, no matter how, you know, generation generations of athletes, Brian, we know this, the fun is in the playing, and you also get more experience when you play. So to go to a good program and never see the field in high school, I mean, that's, that's self-defeating. You've got to go someplace where you can go out there and actually compete uh, in the games themselves, or you're just, you're just basically fooling yourself. Absolutely. It, it, it's a shame because I know we're talking about college. It's starting at the I, elementary level. I hear you loud and clear. Brian, thank you for the call. Mark, i got to take a break here, but uh, if you would, stay with me if you could. Absolutely. Okay, we're talking with uh, Mark Lineweaver. Uh, he is the founder of Perfect Placement, and we're focusing on that jump from high school to college sports and what parents in particular really need to know. Uh, let me take a break. John Minko, here has your update. We're at one at 877-337-6666. Radio.com. And don't forget that at 9 o'clock this morning, Ed Randall will be talking baseball. Make sure you stick around and listen to what Ed has to offer this morning with all his various interviews and comments. I also remind you, as always, to check out my, uh, my website at askcoachwolf.com, uh, where you can post your thoughts and comments on my blog. And uh, don't forget Secrets of Sports Psychology Revealed. You know, there's an entire chapter in my book about what What's the proper age when sports parents should think about introducing their kids to sports psychology techniques? You know, I, I often say this, we spend a great deal of time educating our kids on the physical components of their game, but we don't spend too much time on their mental approach. And again, that's all covered in Secrets of Sports Psychology Revealed. You can get a copy anywhere as well as on online at Amazon or BNN.com. Right now, we're talking with Mark Lineweaver. We're talking about what happens to kids 
when they finish their high school career and looking to go on to play in college and to make sure that they take the time to really look around to be objective in trying to determine what exactly they want to accomplish in sports in college, if they're okay just sitting on the bench, if they're okay just, uh, you know, they really want to play. But these are important questions they have to ask themselves and ask their parents. Let's continue, Mark, with our callers. Let's go to Joe over in Rockland County. Joe, you're on the fan. Hi, how you doing? Good, Joe. Um, two things um, for uh, Mark. Mark, you there? Yes, I am. Mark, um, number one, you're doing a fantastic job, and keep up the great work. Uh, it's, it's, it's inspiring what you're doing. I think it's fantastic. And, well, I definitely uh, Mark, appreciate that, Joe. And, uh, okay. you know, it's interesting, and, uh, before you get number- to that, that next point, because I want to acknowledge something that Brian, the last caller, said, and, and even something that you just said, Rick, as it relates to the sports psychology side of things, because I know we're going to get short on time, and I think this is an incredibly important point, because we're beating up the parents so much, myself included, but we're doing a disservice if we're not educating them. And then I promise we'll get right back to your point here, uh, Joe, but it is a business. How about taking 10% of the money we're spending and investing it in a tutor for an SAT class or an ACT class, or just to take the 2.8 GPA to a 3.3, or getting off the field and, and volunteering with special needs kids. You want a scholarship? That's where you're going to get a scholarship, because they're going to Absolutely. reward you with an academic or a merit scholarship. And it's also going to make that student a better, well-rounded individual in the classroom and in society. And to me, that also leads into the psychology of the game, how a student-athlete's going to analyze the situation on a field, because they are a better analytical thinker, because they've gotten to be a better student in the classroom, or gotten to get out of their bubble and get to meet kids that they wouldn't necessarily meet. So I apologize for, for, for interrupting your point, but I did want to acknowledge something that Brian said, and I do want to say to parents, look, help your student-athlete by investing in them, not just on the field, but off their field, and you're going to get a better, well-rounded athlete and individual. Go ahead, Joe. It's all about education, and you're absolutely right, and I agree with you 100%. Joe, thank you for the call. And, you know, again, no, no. Mark, you there? Yes, I am. I didn't mean to, to interrupt him. No, but, but I mean, he brought he's... brought up a point that I know we really needed to get to before we closed up the program. Yeah, and, you know, you know the thing that parents uh, know or should know, obviously, is that, uh, you know, that the, the, uh, the athletic scholarships, unless it's basketball or football, most of them are just sliced and diced into small portions for other sports, and your cha- your kids, you said the kids have a much better shot of, of getting a scholarship to college uh, if, in fact, their academics are in place and they can qualify for for uh, scholarships along those lines. And parents just, for some reason, don't either think that's glamorous enough or, or fun enough, but that's the reality. Let's let's move on. Let's go to uh, to Rob in Connecticut. Hi, Rob. You're on the fan. Hey, good morning. I, one of the other gentlemen made a point, which I was going to get to, which is great. My son was a good athlete. And had a great arm. So everybody wanted to pitch. He pitched when he was young. Yep. I would not let him throw a curveball. <clears throat> Consequently, he never ended up pitching when he got to the AAU. And I watched two of his friends at 16 have Tommy John surgery because the crazy parents were so nuts about my son, my son, he's the best. They kept throwing curveballs till their arm fell off at 16 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, my son went on to get a partial scholarship athletically to a very good D1 school, called me at Thanksgiving, said that 
this is not for me. This huh. is the wrong place. I said, I called up the guy who did some recruiting tape for him with a wonderful guy, Joe yep. Wanaka. Sure. And uh, about 12 years ago, Joe said, I know where he'll go. They'll love him. He ended up at Muhlenberg. They took him in Christmas time, and he had the best experience, played third base, played short, had the best experience of his life. Well, they see, now, that's exactly what we're talking about, Rob, and, and thank you for the call this morning. You know, here's a kid who obviously had, you know, got, had a strong arm, ended up getting some money at a D1 school, find out, you know, by the end of that fall, I wasn't happy, Mark, and he goes to a D3 like Muhlenberg, which is a great school academically, and obviously it's, um, it's competitive baseball, but he had four years there where he was very, very happy, and that's, you know, you wonder, at least the kid had the guts to say to his dad, you know, I'm, I'm not happy where I am, and then he was able to go call uh, Joe Wadica and say, help me get out of this, get me to a program where I really am going to play and be happy here, and that's, that's exactly what we're talking about. It's about the experience. That's something else. These, these student-athletes, they're not going to be 16 or 17 forever. They're going to be 18, and they're going to be 18 and 19 very quickly. And they're going to face things like extracurriculars. And I put that in quotes. They're going to be in an environment that, that they've never been around. And if you're a mom or you're a dad, I'd want to know that my son or daughter is on the right campus. And if they're fortunate enough to play, that they have the right coaches that are truly looking out for their best interest. And, you know, a lot of the things that I talk about, it's not just me organically coming up with this. I talk to a lot of athletic directors, a lot of coaches. I don't think that my message would be where it is without the Adam Lodwicks and the Susan Dulays and the Drew Marinos of the world. And the reason I point those three names out is those are ADs and coaches in, in the New York tri-state area that when I tell you they're not the enemy, they are trying to help these students. They have a passion. They want to embrace how can they help this kid and try to talk to, to, to the, the, the parents and say, listen, the bigger picture is, are they going to love their four-year college experience where they're going to make friends for life, where they're going to become a real-life adult when they're 21 and they're going to have their own job and their own life and that four-year sports experience, even at a tiny Division three team or, or program, is going to define the kind of individual they're going to be, how it's going to inevitably get hired into the real world. And if they're lucky enough, maybe they're going to work in sports. Maybe they're going to want to be a big league GM one day or a broadcaster or the director of marketing and social media for a soccer team in St. Louis. That's all part of this experience, too. But everybody is so short-sighted of, can I get a scholarship 18 months from now? And, and forgetting about the much grander, much bigger picture. And they're not using the resources that are on their own campus, their own coaches, their own ADs, and trying to listen to what the reality of the circumstances is, either from the coach and the AD, or quite frankly, going back to a point I made earlier, talking to their, their child. And the next time in the car, don't ask them about the, the ball that went through their legs or, or what happened when they tried to dive in right center field. Ask them. So would you want to go to a bigger school or a smaller school? Would you rather be in a classroom with 30 kids or 300? Because those are two very different learning environments. Yeah, yeah. My guest is Mark Lineweaver, and uh, obviously, you know, he's very, very passionate about this uh, the subject, as I'm sure all sports parents are. And, and Mark speaks the truth. You have to have these conversations. As I said many times in the show, somebody has to play the role of the grown-up here, and it has to be you as a sports parent to get your kid on the right track and be objective about their his or her abilities. Mark, before I let you go, please tell our, our, our listeners again about Perfect Placement and where they can find you. Yeah, you, you've 
Rogue did so well, and, and I appreciate it, and I have to return a plug. You have to read Rick's book, and it's not just book books, because, you know, it's great to, to have me on as a guest, but Rick is truly a guru, and, and the folks that are listening, they know that. Um, but perfect placement with a Y, and, and my message is really designed at high school. So athletic directors out there that, you know, I'm trying to come in and, and, and offer to this um, so you don't, quote, necessarily have to be the bad guy or the bad girl to these moms and dads. It's as simple as going to the website, perfectplacement.com. You can email me, you can call me, and we can engage in, in trying to figure out a way to come in and, and make a difference in your community and hopefully offer some education that at the end of the day assists the student-athlete to taking the next step and preparing them for a great four-year college experience. Hey, Mark, well said. And again, my thanks for getting up so early this morning to join me on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you, Rick. I genuinely appreciate it as well. Great. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. That is, again, Mark Lineweaver. Hey, stay with me. I'll be back some more after these messages. Before I get back to the calls, I, I have to mention this because, you know, <laughs> we all have heard of fake news, but we uh, fake track meet and two of them. I mean, the details are still confusing and sketchy, but apparently a local high school track coach, for reasons unknown over in Jersey, not only put together and concocted a fake track meet featuring a, a so-called number of high schools and athletes, but he even reported totally bogus results to the uh, New Jersey uh, State Athletic Association offices in the hope that, and I can only assume they did this, that some of the athletes will look better in terms of their actual athletic ability. Uh, this is The whole thing is so strange. Uh, in NorthJersey.com has done a great job in breaking and covering this story, but apparently this Brick City track meet, which ran in 2017 and won also a few weeks ago, it was all made up. It never happened. And, and uh, the story is just very, really bizarre. But the, the details are that Coach uh, Eddie Green, that's the coach in question, he was trying to make the, sound, make the track meets sound bigger than they really were. And, and he's already, he's, he has served for a number of years as the, the track and field coach for Newark's uh, Westside High School. Uh, he's also the co-founder of the Newark Flames uh, track team. Um, he's, he's now he's confessed that the results were all bogus. The track meets were made up, and he's now resigned as the coach from Westside High School. Um, and all the, the scores that were reported to a New Jersey Mile Split, which is the uh, official repository for track and field results in the state, they've all been scrubbed and deleted. It's just the whole thing is very, very strange. I, I, I can't understand what the motivation was for doing this. Uh, very, very odd. Anyhow, let's get back to our calls. Let's go to uh, Joey over in Bergen County. Joey, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, hi, hey good morning. Great topic. Uh, my daughter was a four-time All-State uh, to, to uh, champion in uh, All-County two years in a row. Got a scholarship, athletic scholarship for a D1 Tri-State Area uh, College. Right. She's a freshman this year. She left with two weeks left in the season. Uh, the coach didn't like her technique on the field. I got no problem with that. He carried it off the field. Him and the assistant coach were trying to break her down because they had somebody in her position coming in next year. Uh, so yeah. I guess they didn't want to pay, give two people the same thing, and they broke it down bad, tried to extort money out of her, make force her to buy a jacket, 
which she shouldn't have had, and the AD was up in arms about it. But once she she put her papers in that she didn't want to, she wasn't going to go there no more. The AD's like, oh, it was just a misunderstanding, and these coaches are overrated in D one. Well, very overrated. Joe, that's another nightmare that people don't understand too. Is that if a coach gives you a scholarship and you come in there, and the coach for some reason doesn't think you're as good as you were as originally advertised. You know, coaches sometimes, and Joey, thank you for the call, sometimes coaches will just basically ignore the player, not play them, basically just uh, not really talk to them or communicate, give them the cold shoulder in the hopes that the kid will get the point to transfer or drop out of that school, transfer someplace else. Why? Because when the scholarship money comes back available to that coach to bring somebody else in. And again, we started the show by saying college sports is a business. Coaches get paid to win. And, uh, you know, if, if they, um, they may not be the most sensitive along the way to the kid's predicament. Now, I have to tell you, it's a lot easier and a lot more ethical if a coach goes to a kid as a freshman on a scholarship and says, look, I have to be honest with you, this is not working out the way I thought. Um, you can still get your scholarship here, but you understand you're probably not going to get much playing time. That's a tough, tough conversation to have. But uh, at least you're being honest with the kid as opposed to trying to freeze them out or do things that might not be particularly um, uh, in the, the most ethical way of handling the situation. Uh, I just think that's a real concern. And again, I, as, as Mark uh, Lineweaver was saying, parents, you have to make sure they just don't get so excited that some coach uh, basically sends a letter to your kid and says, hey, you know, I don't have any scholarship money for you, but can you come on as a preferred walk-on? I'll give you a tryout, and you'll do great. But that's that's sort of a real big warning sign because those things rarely work out. I mean, they just—it's all about making sure it's the right fit for your kid, not just in terms of the sports, but in terms of the four years. You have to ask that question. You know, if you, you know, don't make the team, if you end up with an ACL and you can't play anymore. Are you going to be happy in this particular college environment without playing sports? That's a tough question to ask, and a lot of ifs and buts go into that, but that's the kind of question you have to talk to your, to your senior in school when they're looking around at colleges. Okay, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Connor Green. Please stick around for Ed Randall. He is up next. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.